Thank you for joining us this week on Invisible Not Broken. Today, Kiris and I are here yes. to record our panel on something near and dear to both of our hearts, which is pain management. Yeah, the fun things you're trying to do to, to deal with chronic pain. So we're going to go over a few things, um, and not the least of all, the quote-unquote, well, not quote-unquote, it's an opioid epidemic, but there's a lot more to that story than what you've probably heard on the news or in papers, and we're going to go through that. Yeah, in probably way more detail than a lot of people want to hear, but that's that's what we do. Um, so one of the first things we want to talk about is when you have a chronic illness and chronic pain especially, you end up uh, getting suggestions from all your friends <laughs> yeah. and sometimes doctors of, well, have you tried this? Have you tried this? Have you tried that? That should work for you. Yeah, it's not just friends or doctors. I mean, out and out strangers will hear yeah. will be like, "Hi, my brother's cousin's goldfish feeder <laughs> dog walker had a cousin who had, and they had a ritual, and there was sage and singing, and then there was needles involved. Like, it's crazy. And people, your body, like, you wouldn't know what this is like, but when you're pregnant, your body is like public property. Everyone <laughs> will comment on what you're eating, what's in your bag. They feel free to touch you. For me, it feels very similar with having invisible illness because all of a sudden everyone feels like they have a comment on my medication, yeah, on what I eat, my eating habits, my exercise habits. All of a sudden that is for everyone to comment on. And then <laughs> we're going to go right into snake oil salesmen because, yes. and sometimes very well-meaning people, like people who really honestly believe they're helping, oh, yeah. will say, hey, did you try, all the way from something more um, scientifically known like acupuncture or chiropractic to these very odd concoctions of herbs and medicine and, and supplements stones and, and supplements. And that not only can be costly, but it can be really dangerous. Yeah. Because, um, you know, since they're not regulated, there's a lot you don't know about interactions with the drugs you're taking um, and, you know, what it's actually doing to your body. Because there, there was actually a news article I read not that long ago about some supplement that was causing, you know, something that people were taking all the time they were starting to find was causing kidney issues. Yeah, the diet drugs are absolutely known for oh, this. Yeah. The, and not the diet drugs that your doctor would prescribe, but just the over-the-counter, the, the um, very interesting photoshopped <laughs> bodies <laughs> on the pill bottles. Um, yeah. Those have been known to cause heart heart attacks, heart issues, kidney stuff. So none of this is regulated by the FDA if you didn't know this already. Any supplement that you buy at GNC, at Costco, any of these supplements, none are actually regulated. Yep. Independent labs have done research, and some of them have found things like houseplants. And well, and those independent labs, sometimes, you know, I, I saw something that, like, this lab says this is great, and then, and then you actually look at who owns the lab. It's the drug company. Oh, no wonder they said it was safe. So here we're going right back to snake oil salesmen because Definitely. my absolute rule with anything is to follow the money. Right. Before I do anything, I want to follow the stream of money back to whoever's actually cashing in on this from, yeah. and not to say that any of these things won't work for you. I'm not saying that. What I am saying is they're very expensive and it's hard to say that it would work for everyone. So yoga classes, some people find tremendous relaxation benefit. Yep. Those can be 10 to $20 a class. Um, the one I really want to talk about because it makes me so fucking mad. And yes, my first word of the day. I'm so excited. <laughs> oh, hey. I haven't been able to talk to anyone for like a week. I've been in bed for <laughs> over a week. So I get to finally swear because my dogs don't care if I swear. <laughs> um, I know of people who have had cancer and 
uh, stage four. Okay. And they were sold on this idea of a certain CBD oil, not even the stuff you get at the dispensaries, but it was a specific CBD oil that they were sold that cost $500 a month. Ow. And that is not through insurance or anything. And the reason I know about this is, unfortunately, the person did pass away, even with taking this CBD supplement. Um, but it was then sold back over to me because, oh, it, this have you heard of this? Yes, I have. It didn't work. And right. it's $500 a month. And CBD does do tremendous things, absolute wonderful things. But hint, it should never cost $500 a month. This is a plant. It's a wonderful plant. Right. It can do a lot of cool stuff. You've heard Kiros and I talk before about how much medical marijuana, at least, you know, works for me on a lot of things. But <laughs> believe me, it never has cost me $500 a month. And that should be absolutely criminal, even though this goes back through history of people trying to sell cures. Yeah. That could be anything. Yeah. And then you have people like that, the Dr. Oz guy who's always pushing oh, some hopefully. new theory or another and you know he's been reprimanded several times but he's still doing it at least according to you know everything i've seen he's still pushing out lots of really fringe i'll just say fringe theories that's kind um <laughs> <laughs> and that's really going into the supplements which you know there is medical evidence that some supplements work but you hear you have a doctor on television Going, hey, if you take this, I have white coat, I'm an official doctor, you right. will ask, this is the secret, this is definite. And that's where he did get in trouble with the law. Right. And this for pain meds is huge because I will get even my doctor saying, oh, well, you just need to take this and this and this. And these are supplements, which my insurance does not cover. Right. And I do take supplements and they can cost up to $100 a month for me, just the mm -hmm. supplements. Yeah. And then you have things like, you know, TENS units that... While they'll help with certain things, they don't help with some of the things people suggest them for. It's like, how is that going to help with this? I don't follow the, the, the how those two things connect. And I'm not doing an advertisement or anything, but no. I use Quell, which is a walking TENS unit, basically. Okay. And it's um, it, it interrupts the... It's supposed to interrupt the wave of pain to the brain or something. They have a really good scientific discussion on their website, and it is... You can return it, but I ended up getting benefit from it, and I oh, like it a good. lot. What pisses me off is it's $250 to buy it. So I'm lucky I have the money yeah. to be able to buy that, but if you're talking about something that is a zero impact, it's not something you put in your body, this, is, this will not affect you, and it does actually create a lack of pain, that's a huge buy-in number. And then you're supposed to be spending $30 a month on the um, – the pads that you put around it. Oh yeah. Okay. So that's, you know, that's out of range for a lot of people and yeah. insurance companies, as much as they are bitching about this opioid epidemic, they are not putting the money into things like Quell or like other research to find out what to do about chronic pain. This country has a chronic pain problem. Yes. No one is taking these pills because their lives are happy and good and wonderful. Right. <laughs> this is a last ditch effort. So since there's millions of people who have issues with chronic pain, it seems like this could be a good thing to start studying other alternatives. Well, and uh, I showed you right before we started talking, there was an article that talked about the fact that insurers are re pushing people toward opiates rather than alternative pain meds that not, aren't necessarily as addictive and stuff like this because the alternative pain meds that aren't addictive are more expensive because they're still new. Whereas opioids are cheap, and so they push people, they, they refuse to cover these new drugs. Yeah, I mean, that's the same thing with, like, the experimental surgeries for pain or other things. Like, there's some experimental surgeries I want to try, but they're not willing to cover those. Right. 
Okay, so we were saying that we were going to wait on the opioids, so we're going to we're going to backtrack a minute. It's just been really a lot on my mind. I'm sure it's on your mind too. Um, but we're going to go back to some of the other things that get recommended, such as massage therapy, biofeedback therapy, and that one was actually recommended to me by a pain clinic and a doctor. And, oh, really? Oh, and you also do the injections, don't you? Yeah, I get um, uh, cortisone injections in my knee and in my feet to help with my pain, and. You know, they're like, oh, this should make you good for a week or two weeks or a month. And it used to be. When I first started getting cortisone injections, you know, I've got one on my knee. I'd be pain-free for about a month. Now, the last time I got a cortisone injection, it lasted me all of three days. So for our listeners who maybe not, didn't watch the Lady Gaga five foot two and saw her <laughs> get her injections, do you want to explain that this isn't just like a little flu shot? No. So, like with me, my knee is already swollen. Mm-hmm. So there's already a lot of fluid surrounding that area. So it's hurting partly because there's so much fluid there that there's no place for it to go. So then when you get a shot, they're adding more fluid to that area. And it feels like they're dumping liquid fire into you. And it just feels so yummy, yummy good. All right. Get on the sarcasm. <laughs> <laughs> I had it done once and I I, had, I couldn't deal. And I can deal with a lot. And that was that was more than I could handle. Um, some of the other things are dietitians. And I would love to talk just a minute about all these diets that yes. I keep getting advised on that if I just give up sugar, alcohol, caffeine, gluten, and hey, seriously, if this stuff works for you, cheers, mazel tov, blessed be, I'm over <laughs> fucking joyed for you that you found something that worked for you, but I get judged if I won't try these diets, and by the way, anyone who wants to write to me, I have, I actually did break down, I tried the no fucking anything fun at all diet and I hated life everyone hated me and (laughs) my pain didn't drop an ounce and I tried it for a while as long as like I could still do it and stay married and have my kids not need therapy is this how long I stayed on that diet well I mean I've done elimination diets for my my digestive issues and you know I've tried cutting things out and it you know yeah cutting dairy out makes me feel better but nothing else worked yeah, it's really funny, though, because, like, gluten, I can get, because I have the mast cell activation, mm-hmm. I can suddenly get super allergic to gluten in the <laughs> United States. Now, when I'm not in the United States, I can eat any fucking thing I want. Like, anything in France, totally fine. Maybe Paris is magic. I I will <laughs> no. sign up for that. No. I know. We disagree on Paris. <laughs> we disagree on Paris. <laughs> Only because Everything's we, got butter in it in Paris. Yes, but um, I'm just, I think it's part of what pisses me off so much about this diet thing is that when people try to sell you on something like that, it's almost like you can't even talk about anything anymore because everything that you say will lead back, well, if you just tried try what this, I said, yes. you'd be better right now. And the judgment does not make me feel better. <laughs> no. It gets pretty intense. And, you know, I I have two different braces for my knee. Mm-hmm. So that's nothing. Braces and pads and stuff like this. Ah, and sorry. I have, yeah. <laughs> I have two braces for my knee. I have orthotics in my shoes that are supposed to help, but, you know, honestly, if I, you know, the orthotics they gave me, they do help, but they don't help any differently than if I get new shoes, like, every six months so that I get in fresh, you know, pads yeah. in them, because I wear down, wear them down, and they start to, I don't get as much cushion, then I start to hurt more. So, you know, this expensive, <laughs> really expensive orthotics that I'm allowed to get once a year that, you know, within six months are doing the same thing the shoes are doing, breaking down and they're too, you know, giving way and I am don't have as much cushion, or just go get new shoes every so often. <laughs> so anyone who's just, this is your first episode, I have Ehlers-Danlos, which means that my ligaments do not hold my bones in. So I have a fucking box 
of braces that I mean, I'm sure if you like added it all up, it'd be over a thousand dollars that don't oh, yeah. work. None yeah. of them work. I have one or two that I went to an actual person who made a, um, actually made the brace around my wrist and my mm-hmm. hand and that worked for a month, but my dislocations got so bad. It was like bone against plastic. Ow. So that didn't help, but it's amazing how much money we'll put into just because there might be the promise of oh, relief, God, yes. like even a little relief. It's, um, it's almost unfair just how desperate you can feel just to have part of your life back. And I think that's why a lot of the snake oil salesman type stuff we're talking about is out there because people have so much chronic pain and they're hurting so bad, they're willing to try anything at a certain point just to make the pain go away. Yeah. And, you know, that might even be, you know, that kind of leads into why do so many people overdose on drugs? Because the pain is so bad that they'll try anything, you know, and you keep upping your dose, whatever, to make the pain go away. And we're not dealing with the underlying issue of, you know, why are people in so much pain, first of all? Mm-hmm. Second of all, you know, let's find a way to ease pain you know, get the get the doctors and the medical community on board to helping ease pain rather than either throw drugs at it because a lot of doctors, you know, will throw any kind of drug at anything rather than actually talk to the person. Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking about just painkillers. I'm talking about antibiotics, all this other stuff. It's it's too easy to throw a pill at somebody rather than actually get to the underlying what's causing this problem you have. And for some of us with invisible disabilities, you know, you fight with your doctor for sometimes years trying to figure <laughs> out what your actual problem is. Because they just want to throw drugs at you or they just want to, oh, you need to do this. Like my knee, you know, my knee's fucked up. And my doctor was like, oh, well, you need to lose some weight. I'm like, well, yes, I know I'm a little overweight. So when I did lose 30 pounds, what did the asshole say to me? (laughs) Oh, good. You lost 30 pounds. Now lose another 30. I'm like, thank you. You're so helpful. You know, anyone who wants to bait this bear, (laughs) I I will watch from the side just like, Popcorn. Because <laughs> I would never want to piss you off. <laughs> you seem like the nicest person, but I do not want to see the other side of that. <laughs> brave, brave dog. We have to get a picture of that expression you just gave me. That is like, that is cat ate the canary expression. <laughs> hey, hey, I don't eat birds. I got birds. <laughs> Sorry, bad, bad me. Um, some of the other things that we've heard for, um, are rolfing or chiropractic or... Uh, reflexology, Thank Pilates. You. Yeah, and um, acupuncture. So I did acupuncture for three years. Mm-hmm. It was amazing for two years. It was fabulous. It was also $90 a visit. Yes, I've done it too. And I had to do it. It was recommended two to three times a week. Yep. I did it once a week, and that was the only way I was able to keep doing my business as long as I did my business for. It was tremendously helpful for two years. The third year, I can't even explain why. But it started to create flares every time I would go in. Ooh, fun. So I don't know what happened. I would not say that this is not a thing to try. But what I will say is you can only try it if you have money. Right. I was lucky. My insurance actually covered my acupuncture. You know, I only had a copay. Yeah. My copay was still 20 bucks a pop. And I was going three times a week. And it worked for about, about the same time, about two years. And then it just, you know, I noticed it because it was for pain in my feet. Mm-hmm. And it... Worked for a couple of years, and then at a certain point, it stopped being effective. I suddenly, I was like, okay, I've had three treatments this week, and I'm still in the same amount of pain. I haven't, it hasn't gone down this time. I, I don't know what the difference is. I've tried going back to different, you know, acupuncturists to, because the first one I did was just actually all the pain just went in your ears, which was just really weird. <laughs> um, I'm laying there feeling like a human pincushion on my head. Um, but the, I've tried the ones where they do all over your body, and it, nothing has ever worked. That first two years worked great, and then after that, it just completely... Yeah, I have no idea, but for those of you who are thinking, oh, $20, whatever, 
add this up. I'm not going to do right. it for you because no one math today. Um, but <laughs> so just add up what we're paying in copays, in experimental tries, in our medication that right. is prescribed. The medication that is not prescribed, i.e., medical marijuana. I usually spend about between twenty to ninety dollars a month on that, depending on what's going on. Mm. Um, add in yoga classes and all the other things that we're doing. And you will see, like for a while, I was spending close to $1,000 a month when yeah. I was working because I was running a business that I loved so much. And I was willing to do anything within reason to keep running that business. Yep. And when I had to leave it, it was because I had ran out of all options that were available. So I was spending close to $1,000 a month just to keep running my business, just to keep my, my body, this tool that I was using. <laughs> because I was a photographer, it required a lot of movement. Yeah. Um, but that was that was very expensive. Yeah, and, and you know, even now with my foot and knee pain, I go see a massage therapist. And it, the massage on my feet actually helps with my pain. But it's 30 bucks a pop, and I've been doing it, you know, once a week. So that's, what, 30 60 120 bucks a month. So that's like over $12,000 a year. Yeah, so for one aspect of this. So before we move into opioids, because I just can't wait to get my heart rate going again. <laughs> um, let's just do a quick round of things that you and I have tried that actually do offer benefit. And everyone who's listening, if you have some things that you feel like really work for you, feel free to tweet it at us at Invisible Not Broken. And, um, yeah, definitely. I'd love to hear some more ideas. We'll leave the comments open on this one so you can write in the comments on what has worked for you. We are always open to suggestions. Definitely. As long as you do it respectfully and nicely. Yes. So acupuncture worked for me, but only for two years. Mm -hmm. Massage therapy works on my feet, but it's, it's literally just, it takes the pain from a high level down to a, a low level for a day or two. Um, and I only usually do that when, like I said, when it starts to get really bad toward the end of the week. Um, and I've, I think that's it. Oh, and the braces. Cause I mentioned the braces. That's, that's the only things on that I've tried that have actually worked for me. Okay. Um, so for me, one of the big things that I fought like a cat going into a bathtub <laughs> was uh, walking aids. I fought that so hard. I had this idea of I'm not really disabled. I'm not that sick if I'm still on my own mobility. And fuck if I just tried this earlier. I've been so happy. I went to a cane, um, which was helpful, except because of other stainless, I'd pop my wrist, my wrist and my elbow and my arm. And then the other side went nuts. And I got um, something called Smart Canes or Smart Crutches. I I've can't remember them. which one. Yeah, they, they look cool. They do. <laughs> and they um, the, all the support goes into the middle of the arm. Mm -hmm. So that's what I use most of the time because if you've ever heard me bitch about wheelchair life, you will know that for me sometimes it's way more dangerous for me to use a wheelchair. Mm. The, um, we won't even go into that. We'll do that in another podcast. But <laughs> as far as pain reduction, owning up to how much I couldn't walk and just – Oh, getting yeah. over this whole prejudice I had against using these things was life-saving. Like it was so much to be able to just use, <laughs> to be able to use, sorry, that was my wrist, um, to use something that would actually help me walk. And then using a wheelchair for things like museums or going yeah. places that, that was revolutionary. Like I won't use it usually out on regular sidewalks because problems, but right. um, for shopping or for, you know, just, Owning up to it and going, this is what's needed. Dealing with people staring or, you know, I love a good little like fun <laughs> argument. So I'm willing to absolutely educate people if they come up and talk to me. I did yoga until my 
wrists and my ribs and my shoulders went nuts. And okay. that was good for focus. But now I just kind of use the, um, was it the child pose where you just kneel down, put your head down? Yeah. Yes. I, I can do that for hours. That works great for me. And since you guys can't see her, you know, when she talked about her wrist, she, she her wrist is dislocating right now. But, you know, to be fair, she is gesturing wildly while she's talking. So, <sighs> so I'm she not kind even of Italian. <laughs> so she, she, as she's gesturing, I can just watch her suddenly go pop. And it's like, oops, there went her wrist. Yeah, well, yeah, it's it's a fun little shape there. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll relocate it later. I'll deal later. And um, by the way, I know I sound really flippant about these dislocations. They really hurt. I, I'm not putting down anyone who's, who's whimpering when they dislocate. I have done this for a long time. I have the option of stopping and going back to bed, and I've done I've, that for a fucking week. So. I've seen you whimper from your dislocation. Yeah, it, it's a painful thing to watch. It, it, and it's almost like, what is that thing that I sent you? I'm sorry if my invisible illness makes you uncomfortable. Right. And I have this awful like people pleaser thing where I feel bad if I make people feel guilty. So those are some things. Also, um, medical marijuana rub is my fucking world. The um, the topical it doesn't. I actually hate feeling high. I hate being drunk. I I don't like to be out of control. I'm a control freak. Oh yeah, me yeah. too. <laughs> but the rub for me is that it stops the spasming, which helps me put my my dislocations back in order. And I just feel like that should be in everyone's medicine cabinet because it stops muscle spasm. It brings down anti-inflammatory. Like the just brings the rub, if nothing yeah. else. That's been pretty amazing and now is our little cue into opioids because that is the only way i'm sitting here talking to everyone i did an experiment because i was so fucking terrified listening to the cheeto elect (laughs) fucking hell um talking about opioids like he knows what he's fucking talking about and watching the pharmaceutical um not pharmaceutical i'm so sorry the pharmacies start falling in line with this like cvs yeah. saying that they'll only was it like once a week they'll give you a week's worth of opiates like pharmacies are now trying to make the decisions that my pain clinic and i are trying to make right and um oh, fuck so to let you guys know the only way i do survive is with the opioids i tried a day without it i was like could i actually survive if they decide to just remove this and we are not talking withdrawal issues. There was nothing withdrawal about this. The pain level was so high. I did not leave my bed. I could not be a good parent. I was curled up in my bed just whimpering. I lasted about 12 hours. And that was all I could do because I was scaring my children. I mean, like, I know that's like a heart tug thing, but it is a heart tug thing for me when my daughter is like, I'm scared, I'm worried, you look you look not okay. Um and with a Vicodin, I hurt. Yes, absolutely. But I can keep it at an eight. And for me, an eight means I can fake it. Yeah. You would never know anything is wrong with me unless you really know me. Yeah. Kira's yeah. not. It's like, <laughs> yep. I know you. I, I know, know you well enough. Yeah. He knows me well enough that he can call me and go, okay, are you okay? Do you need help? Are you? <laughs> like, And no one else knows that tone of voice except him. My husband sometimes doesn't know that's tone of voice. <laughs> it's it's the sympathy thing. I mean, I've been I've been there on too many occasions. And it's like when I hear that tone of voice, I'm like, oh, you're having a really bad day. You know, do you want to talk? Do you need, to come over, do you need me to come over and help you with something? Do I need to come over there and like like get something for you, fix you something? Yeah. And if anyone's worried about me, he does make sure I get some human contact when I am stuck. <laughs> I was stuck for a week of no. Have you understood? I was stuck for an entire week without leaving. Yes. My, oh. <laughs> 
I was so frustrated. So we're going into the opioids, um, and we're going to really get into the weeds on this because I don't feel like there's enough people who know what the fuck they're talking about in yeah. the media discussing this. They are quoting doctors who are not paying clinic doctors. Well, and they're also, you know, they're quoting statistics, but they're not putting those statistics in context. Ah, thank you. Yes. And that's one of my big issues is that, you know, I had when I was doing research for us talking about this, trying to find articles that was actually talking about things where it didn't just say, oh, well, here's the, you know, here's how many deaths there were last year without breaking down. These were heroin deaths. These mm -hmm. were fentanyl deaths. These were, uh, you know, prescription overdoses. Everybody just lumps them all together. And it's like, those are very, very different things. There's also another question to ask, which I think is a really important question. If we're going to look at these numbers, and I'm all for, let's look at the numbers. I want to know who was in palliative care, who was already close to dying, who is using their prescription drugs as ordered, yeah, and who is getting these illegally. Those well, are really important numbers to break apart if we're going to look at a baseline number. This many people are dying of opioids every day. Okay, so how many of them were getting this as they should and were expected to have a life expectancy? How many of this was palliative care? How many of these were heroin? Because anyone who does not understand that the difference between heroin and Vicodin right. is pretty fucking vast, does not have a place to actually make policy. But there's also, kind of uh, touching off of that, there's the... Um, uh, I lost my train of thought. Uh, <laughs> I could go on. I can rage on this. <laughs> well, you said something I wanted, to, I wanted to make sure I touched on. Oh, the you said palliative care, but also how many of those people... Please don't do that. That, that looks painful. <laughs> Sorry, keep talking. You keep talking. Um, how many of those people that are using heroin are using it because their doctors have cut them off from their Vicodin? Because that's something I... When, when I ran across one of the articles that that there's an increasing number of people that are going to over these, you know, heroin and fentanyl because their doctors have cut them off of their opioids for pain management. And for you, I don't know about you, but like, I've never been addicted to anything like that just has not been in my wheelhouse. Nope. And I, I didn't understand it. I never wanted to judge it. I did not moralize it, but I never understood it. And right now facing down, like this is the thing that keeps me alive and functioning and Taking it away would make me a criminal to use it. Otherwise, I don't function. I am starting to get some real-life massive skills, empathy thrown in my face right now yeah. for anyone who's dealing with addiction. And it's like, this thing that makes it work is not here anymore, so I'm going to go do this. And when you're looking at a country, huh, I'm going to get really into the weeds. When you're looking at a country that refuses to actually pay for mental health oh, yeah. or is offering actual medical care to all, <laughs> Yes. Um, Judging someone because they are finding a way around this to actually stay in a relative level of sanity and function, I think that needs to be looked at. Yeah. And, you know, another statistic I keep seeing is that, well, this opioids aren't a problem in other countries. Like when I've been to England, you know, you can buy basically Vicodin over the shelf, you know. And that's changing though. I, I well, just, I, if yeah. You, yeah. If you guys have been listening, I, I just interviewed a pharmacist um, who deals with colitis and type one diabetes and stargirts. Yes. I think I remembered all that. And she is a pharmacist in Australia. Mm -hmm. And she said that right now they're actually starting to deal with more people grasping for um, the over the counter stuff. And they're talking about making it prescription only same thing in England and Canada. So but, I don't know what's going on, but I do know that it was over the being, for a long time. Yeah, are they being bought and sent here is my question. <laughs> that is, um, but, but yeah. anyway, without getting, into, without getting into those weeds, the, the thing about, you know, why do they have less problem with opioid in other countries? 
and a lot of those other countries have better mental health services than we do here too. So, you know, because addiction and pain can sometimes collide. Mm-hmm. But sometimes, you know, yes. <laughs> but but the thing is, is that you know you have people that are going to get addicted no matter what it is, whether it's mm-hmm. alcoholism. We have a big problem with lots of addiction in this country, whether yeah. it be alcoholism, internet addiction, whatever you want to addiction throw out there, gambling. And so if we dealt with the underlying mental health issues, we might not have so many deaths because, you know, deal with the addiction rather than just, you know, cutting access to the pain meds. So here's what I find interesting. This administration is so gung I love the eye roll. Sorry. Um, Sorry, that was an epic eye roll. <laughs> We've been doing lots of those since last year. Um, this administration is so fucking hell-bent on judgment and moral judgment on the people that are the weakest, and that are the people who are dealing with either addiction, chronic pain, whatever people are dealing with, they're dealing with. They are not moralizing the drug companies. They are not going in there and telling the drug companies to stop making these drugs. They are going after the doctors who are trying to, some of them, you know, I don't know. I'm not going to speak for all doctors. I will say that my pain clinic is very intense on their screening process. I get tested like you would not believe for whatever's in my system every fucking month I have to go in there. Um, but they're not going after the big guys. They're going after the people who are in the trenches and are fighting and are tired from fighting. Yes. So that's what I find really when we're talking follow the money. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm talking about is look at how much these um, drug companies are. Are they losing money on this? Probably not. This no. is um, they're not getting the sanctions put on them. The way that everyday doctors and nurses and pharmacies are getting watched, right? And that was back to something I mentioned earlier with you know these other other drugs that are out there that supposedly work just as good as opioids, but don't have the addiction issues that you know the insurance companies won't pay for them. So you know, but that's because the drug companies have made them super expensive. Well, then there's also the side ones like um, ket- ketamine. Ketamine? Uh, ketamine, yeah. Thank you. So I don't know a lot about this, but I do know someone I interviewed said that the infusions in a doctor's office, this person was very clear that this was under doctor supervision, was um, tremendously helpful. Mm-hmm. And that for three months afterwards, she could be like pain-free. Wow. I have not tried this. I uh, Trying to find any information on this is brutal. But it would be interesting to know about more of these other forms. I, I, hell, I am totally willing to... Get off of opioids. If you can find something that will cut my pain down, I would love that. It kills my stomach. This I yes. honestly don't get people using this for fun. I really, no. I mean, if you're dealing with addiction and it's opiate addiction and this is something you don't, you're listening to me going, what the hell is she talking about? I'm sorry. I really am. But I don't get the fun aspect of it. No. It's awful. If there's any other way I could do this, I would be so happy to try. To be a little graphic for a moment, when you take opioids, it has a binding effect on your digestive system. Um, when I had to take, after a surgery, I had to take opioids every day. I don't think I had a bowel movement for six days. Wow. And it was brutal. I felt like I was going to explode from the inside out. I, I had the other, I'd throw up. I just get oh, so, I get vertigo and nausea and it's, it's so not fun. But it is really interesting how the laws have changed and how it, affects people with chronic pain because I have to go all the way to another city to my pain clinic. Mm -hmm. And because I've been doing this for a year now, they've dropped me to twice um, every two months Mm -hmm. I have to go in. So 
getting in a car, sitting in a car for 45 minutes, sitting in a waiting office, then sitting with a very nice person. I love this person. She's very nice, but we basically have the same conversation we've had for the last year. This is your pain level. It has not changed. Here's the same prescription. Um, I am so sorry. There's nothing else I can do for you. I am really sorry about that. And um, that's the conversation I have every two months and I have to pay the copay. My insurance won't pay for the drug test that they have me take. Oh, that's lovely. Yep. Um, But since I always pass it, they keep going. But I have to then go to a very judgmental pharmacy where they, I don't know what the deal was, but they treat me like crap. If it's the one pharmacist in the afternoon, it's just like they've watched too much Fox News and <laughs> they're like, well, I don't know if we should give this to you. And the conversation we had over the last prescription was hilarious. So what happened? I mean, you were telling yeah. me a little about this earlier. What happened? So I take um, I take one type of pills for my, my hip just dislocated. I don't want to go to the hospital because they don't know how to relocate me properly. So I need something that I can take at home to keep me from screaming. And I get only a few of these pills. And they last me for two months because I don't take them except those situations. Mm-hmm. And it's supposed to be an as-needed. So the pharmacist decided to be like, well, we can't give this to you. Because we need to know exactly how much you should be taking. I'm like, I'm sorry, this is as needed. She's like, not for this pill, it's not. What's to, she said, um, what's to keep you from taking all of them at once? <laughs> I'm like, I don't know, fucking common sense. I don't want to die? Yeah, that, I, like, really? So it's actually been, I think we're going on our fifth day of arguing with this pharmacy so they can get my pills. Yeah, which was prescribed by a doctor, mind you. Not just a, a, a doctor, clinic. a pain clinic. A doctor who has specialized in the study of pain. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So that's been my frustration lately. Um, this this administration is scaring a lot of us. And you were just reading an article about how this is also affecting people who are not as fortunate as I am that yeah. have a pain clinic that are in California that have a different state constitution. Yep. So why don't you talk about that? Because uh, fuck. Yeah, that I... I'm not sure which thing you're talking about, actually. So oh, I was sorry. talking... No worries. Um, so one of the things that I had read before you came over and you showed me the article again was about the suicide rate that's rising. Oh, yes. As people are just... Like, the first issue of, like, they're just getting cut off completely and they're going through withdrawals. And the other issue of they are so scared to live with this pain with no right. end in sight. Yeah, there was a, a... The article was about a man who... Um, they cut him off of his opioids and he was in so much pain he decided to commit suicide. And he basically asked his wife to help him do it. And she was like, no, I'm not going to do this. And he said if she didn't help him, he was just going to do it and she was going to come home and find him. So she actually helped him. And now she's being – she was arrested because she's not in a state that has assisted suicide. So now she's been arrested for helping her husband commit suicide because it was just – the pain was too much. Yeah, so in the show notes, we're going to link to all of these things. But I think even if you agree with this administration, which first off, I'm going to have to ask, why are you listening to us? <laughs> Um, secondly, if you don't agree with the situation, which is, thank you, we, we love you too. Um, this administration has just issue after issue, just bulldoze through things they have no fucking clue about. And they do not seem to like experts. So when moving forward with science, 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 science bad. That, that, yeah, um, they don't seem to move forward with any expert opinion or, you know, when we're talking about women's issues, a single female, uh, never mind, sorry, I'm not going to go there. We will talk no, about that one no, later. No, that's I, a different panel. Ah, couldn't help it, couldn't help it. My little liberal self. Rewind, rewind. Yeah, we're not, we're not taking that out. Um, but we will link <laughs> these um, articles in the show notes because I think it's a good thing to, to look at. Even if you are on the bandwagon of the opioids, all bad, 
read these. Um, it's, one of them is written by a neurosurgeon. Um, this yeah. is this isn't just us trying to maintain our pills. This is us trying to maintain our lives. We're trying to maintain our lifestyle, which. When lifestyle, I mean just getting out of bed in the morning, taking care of my dogs and my chickens, being able to help my daughter with homework. Like, I'm just talking the basics. I can't even work. That's never going to really happen. Well, that's something that, you know, when you mentioned this earlier, I was, when I used to work as a cable guy, I drove for a living. So if I was in the situation I am now and still doing that job where I had to take pain pills, Mm -hmm. that means if I get in any kind of accident, they immediately drug test you. Yeah. This is going to show up on a drug test. They're going to think, you know, I was high at work. Because these are opioids. These are, you know, and, you know, that's something that I hadn't even considered until you just said this. Was, well, what happens if you do are still able to work, but you need this for pain management and something happens that your work tests you for drugs and you, you're suddenly testing positive for drugs? Do you now suddenly lose your job because you're trying to manage your pain? Well, and one thing we we're going to talk about is that tightrope walk that we walk between pain management and um and uh, functionality. Yes. <laughs> As you hear me stumbling, I swear the stumbling is not over because I took pain pills today. The stumbling is because I just dislocated my knee and I'm <laughs> trying to keep my thoughts together. Uh, but so just since I've been here, just so we're keeping count, she's <laughs> dislocated her wrist and her knee. We're going to go for three people. We will do it. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't. Um, but there is, especially for me, because I I hate feeling. Off. I hate feeling loopy. Yeah. I, I do not like that sensation. Um, but it is a walk between I don't want to scare the people around me and I need to be able to function. Yeah, that function. <laughs> I don't do a lot in my day, but I do like to do the things that I do. Right. And, it, and you know, kind of also, like I mentioned, you could have problems, problems with a job, mm-hmm. but, you know, there's also issues with custody of children you know just just you if you have an ex do they try and use that against you that you're taking all these drugs okay so we're not paranoid about this i did research <laughs> <laughs> we we do not wear tinfoil hats here um <coughs> and especially i haven't found it but i should probably do some more research about the chronic pain and that being used against someone but what i did find was medical marijuana being used against someone and wow. that that was used to take her kids away that's messed up um it's interesting because if she'd been drinking that wouldn't have been it's really fascinating the moral the morality that we put on certain things oh yeah yeah so that was um that was a hard i feel part of the expression that was a hard pill for me to swallow because i had i had issues with marijuana for years until you gave me the marijuana cream for my knee and it's like oh wow this actually works really good okay so if my ex is listening to this she'll be cracking up i used to be so judgmental (laughs) I used to be so, so judgmental about drugs because I didn't do them. I didn't understand them. Yep, same here. And um, I was part of a generation that was fed a whole bunch of bullshit. Thank you, Nancy Reagan. Totally works. (laughs) Um, And I'm embarrassed about that now. I'm embarrassed at how close-minded I was when I was younger. I wish I had been more open-minded. I think my life would have been much better if I could have at least, like, yeah, I, I'm I'm embarrassed. I'm sorry if you're listening. I'm so sorry. I was a judgmental bitch about that. <laughs> and it's interesting because my mother, who um, wonderful, wonderful person, was always like, "Don't do drugs." You know, all of my teens, don't do drugs. Now it's like, "Honey, do you need to drive to the dispensary? You might be a little." <laughs> it's it's really wonderful to watch how this country has changed its viewpoint. Some of the country. I think a lot of the country. 
I mean, we are getting close to this being completely legal, at least medically. Even the states that are holding out, it's not going to be much longer. Right. But the thing is, it's the still federal government has it. That's why I said yeah. only some. Well, that's, I mean, when we actually get to a tipping point of more states than not having medical, it's going to be very hard for the federal government to hold out. Well, I, I'll agree that once we get past this administration, that might be possible. I can't even say those words without my chest, like, tightening up. It hurts. Um, but you bring up a really great point about Pot. this. <laughs> Damn mean for that one. <laughs> Hurt, pain, ow. Um, you bring up a great point about that. It is legal in the state we live in, which is California. It, mm -hmm. it will be legal recreationally as of January. Mm -hmm. So, yay. Um, however, it is not legal in the United States. So, yeah, if they decided to enforce it, you'd be screwed. Which scares me because I, I used to travel. Or traveling, yes. Yeah, I used to. Once upon a time, I never would bring any of my stuff with me. Ever, which meant three, two, four Vicodin a day just to not cry during wherever I was traveling to. Just something I could have used just to get through, like, sitting up the whole plane ride. And I do know people who bring it with them, and it's never been a problem. I'm just paranoid. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I get scared. Yeah, that, that happened recently that I had house guests that were um, partaking, and I didn't know about it until they left, and I found it when in my mother-in-law unit. I'm like, oh, great. I now have something in my house that I don't know what to do with. <laughs> oh, my God. Someone did that to me. They stayed in my house, and, like, I, uh, my mom was cleaning up the area because I can't get up to it, and, like, an entire bag, and I'm like, yeah. what the fuck? Why would you leave this at my house? Like, I but, don't smoke it. I don't, like, what? But they were traveling out of state yeah. by airplane, so they couldn't end it to a state where it's not legal, so they had to... By the way, do not message us for any of these things. It's already been disposed of. So. <laughs> Not by me either. But I, I, don't message us for any. I find it stuff. hilarious because the thought that someone would message us asking for that never even occurred to me. I have teenagers. That's true. Who are lovely and never have asked for any of that, but I do know how the the brain works. Um, so we are very clear that we live in a world of privilege. Kiros and I are very, very lucky, and I'm a firm believer that privilege should always be acknowledged. Yes. And we are very pale. Yes. And we are very lucky to be at a certain economic standpoint. So all of the bullshit you hear us talking about that we deal with, I really want you to think about how that is multiplied. If you are of color, of a different socioeconomic status, if you don't look like a soccer mom like I do... Like, I get judged and treated like shit for this, and I could not look more of a soccer mom if I drove up in a minivan. Yeah, you can have the soccer jersey on. <laughs> they don't fit well. But, but, yeah, she's right. I mean, you know, we're both, you know, white and, and at least semi-well off. But, you know, it, when we're talking about this podcast, like, what can you imagine what this is like for someone who of a different, like she said, socioeconomic who can't afford the, the drugs? That they have to, they need for pain management, or you know, as much pushback as she gets, you know, if you don't look like you know, perfect little soccer mom, are you going to give him more pushback, or you know, just out, out outright rejected because obviously you're drug seeking? We've both heard this term drug seeking from pharmacists. But doesn't that terrify you that term drug seeking? Because god, like yes. that's kept me out of hospitals because I'm like, oh my god, if I go in and they don't do the x-ray right to see where things are wrong and I'm crying and then I get, all it takes is for you to get put on a list mm -hmm. and you will never be able to get your medication. Yeah. That stuff is scary to me. It's like, you almost have to like, every time you walk in to even talk about your pain levels to a doctor, it's like, well, if I say this, will they, will they judge me? Will they think 
something bad about me. Like you're always like, it's almost like you're on a date all the time. Like, <laughs> are they going to think I'm crazy? Yeah, I'm, I'm terrified of changing doctors for that very same reason. Because, oh my God, yes. Because right now my doctor has been with me since before this stuff started for me. So it's all been, you know, I mean, my foot problems were around beforehand, but I was seeing foot doctors, so he knew all that was going on. If I had to change doctors now where I had to start all over from scratch or somebody explain all the pain levels I'm in mm-hmm. and the pain meds I take, I'd be terrified that they'd be, oh, yeah, you're just, you know. This is the ghost stories of the chronically ill. <laughs> One time on a dark and dreary night, I decided <laughs> to change pain clinics. <gasps> And then the doctor decided I didn't need opioids anymore, and they cut me off completely, and then I couldn't get back into the old pain clinic because there was a waiting list, shriek, <laughs> closet open. Like, seriously, these are actually true stories. One of my friends did do that. She left oh. She left her pain clinic because the pain clinic was like, there's nothing else we can do for you. Mm-hmm. We can just keep prescribing these pills that are helping you, but we there's nothing left. And mm-hmm. she heard of another doctor who, are you rolling your eyes again? I'm sorry. I know, and I'm so subjective to this stuff. Like, I'm so subjective to, look, it's it's bright and shiny over here. <laughs> try it, right. try it. Um, and she did. She went and tried it, and the doctor cut her down to a third of what she was taking and oh, did no. not offer anything else. And she was in fucking agony until another spot opened up in her old clinic. Ugh. This stuff scares me. Like, yeah. Because that's where I'm at with my doctor. Well, and right that's now. probably why you're driving 45 minutes to go to a pain clinic. It is why I'm driving 45 minutes to go to a pain clinic. And the thing is, is while I love the people there, they are the nicest, most compassionate people. They're very clear with me that we have reached the end of what they can do for me. There is nothing left. And if you just think for a minute of like being in a level eight pain and by level eight, I mean, you are screaming inside your head and that is your norm. That is your every day. A good day is like a six. I think I've gotten to a six once or twice. Hmm. Um, but 24 seven like that. And then something looks like it could do something. It's really hard not to, to like lean over it. that way. I go, tell me more, tell me more. <laughs> And that kind of circles back around to what we first started talking about, you know, looking for anything to make the pain better, which makes you follow all these pseudoscience or snake oil salesman stuff. That's why I get so pissed off about the snake oil thing, to be honest. Like, if you hear me raging about this and getting angry, it's because I've fucking fallen for it. Mm -hmm. And I will probably fall for it again. I am not above it. Like, there is... If I see a testimonial and I see the pictures, I'm like, look, look, it looks, I felt good about the Quell thing because I didn't buy it until I went to the Better Business Bureau and read all Mm -hmm. the reviews there. Like I actually did my due diligence on this one, but I don't always because I am so desperate. And one of the things we didn't talk about that I think is important about this is like when someone's like, oh, well, my cousin had this and they're all better. Just because you have the same diagnosis does not mean that they're the same. It doesn't mean they're no. at the same levels. Like with Eller Stainless, there are people who are living normal lives right now. Mm-hmm. There are people who are in bed 24-7, cannot move, cannot do anything. Like there is a range. Yeah. So just because something worked for someone and they're doing great, which my son always loves to tell me, like he's doing this so much better than I am. <laughs> he's so cute. We love him. Um, but it doesn't mean that everything's going to work the same or at all. <laughs> oh, I, I totally get that because I, I've mentioned before, you know, when I say, you know, I have a dairy allergy. Oh, yeah, I'm, I have, you know, lactose intolerance too, but I still eat a bowl of ice cream every so often. I'm like, no, if I did that, I would not leave the bathroom for the next 48 hours. <laughs> yeah, so it's always important when someone's giving you advice to nod smile <laughs> acknowledge that they're acknowledge trying to be helpful this is, this is usually done from a place of love and care and if you want write it down and do your own research about it right but 
if you're sick of it, because someone said this, and I will never remember who, but hope is the most dangerous thing for someone on the scaffold. Oh, yeah. You should never feel above or below telling everyone in your life, look, my doctors and I are doing what we need to be doing, and anything aside from I support, love you, and I'll help you buy your groceries is not welcome at this time. <laughs> yep, that that's, says it a lot right there. <laughs> well, if we said it all, are we close to the end? I could still rage. You know me? I can stand <laughs> on that soapbox like no one else. Really? I hadn't noticed. <laughs> That's why we get along so well. And, and all the time I've known you, I would never, no, <laughs> never have guessed that. Well, I'm sure we will have another topic soon that I can go off on. And if you think of topics that you think we should do on this panel, put it in the comments section. Yeah, send it to us, tweet it to us. Yeah, we are. We love, we love those um, because we are creative, but we always like to know what else you guys would want to talk about. Yeah, and if you know someone that has an, an invisible illness that you think might want to be interviewed by us, also uh, tweet that or leave that as a comment and we'll try and contact them. And Yeah, you can always tag it too. We true. love when you share our podcast and always write good, nice, lovely things and yes. subscribe to us because we are sort of nice people, kind of. Kind of, so, maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe, <laughs> but we're fun. Um, so I guess until I, next week. Until next week, be kind. Be gentle. And be a badass. And be a fucking badass.